Hello, everyone, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. I'm Mike Cacciopoli. Well, it's big election day here in San Francisco, here in the Bay Area, where Chesa Boudin is on the ballot to be recalled. So if you're in San Francisco and you haven't voted yet, which is a lot of people, because I just heard that maybe 20% of ballots have been returned. I'll talk about that. That might not be bad for our cause. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you my reasons in a second, but everyone should vote anyway. So a lot of people still haven't voted. So you should vote yes on H. And I believe there are drop boxes. You can drop your ballots in or you can go to your polling place. I like going to my polling place. I simply like going to my polling place because to me, that's the way to vote. You go into a polling place, you go there and you vote. I've always done it my whole life. I don't like the mail-in ballot thing. I don't like filling it out and having to mail it. I don't know where it's going to go. Look, I know it'll probably get to where it has to get to, but just in case, you know, just in case. So um, I, I just prefer to vote on election day. That's all. I prefer to vote on election day. And so I will do that. And everyone else should as well, because we must get rid of Chesa Budin. Chesa Budin is a total disaster, a total disaster. <sighs> Crime has shot up in this city. It's skyrocketed over the last two years. I believe it's been two and a half years. He's been DA now. He has to go. The only way, the only way things can even have any shot at getting better here is by getting rid of Chesbudin. That's step one. Then we know the mayor, London Braid, who's clueless, gets to put her own person in for the rest of the term. But it can't be any worse than Chesbudin. It can't be any worse. And if it's bad, in a year and a half, there'll be another election. Next year, another election. And we'll get to vote someone else in. But the first step is to get rid of Chesabudin. And we must, 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 must get rid of Chesabudin. So my recommendation, my recommendation is to make sure you don't forget to vote. Now, I've heard stories of people on the streets telling people to vote yes on H. And they get yelled at by the typical San Francisco shit liberal who blames everything on the Republican Party. Now, this is, of course, the orders they take from the t people on the TV. They watch CNN, they watch MSNBC, and the people on the TV tell them these things. They tell them everything is either the Republicans' fault or Trump's fault or COVID's fault or Putin's fault. That's it. None of it is the fault of the Democrats. None of it is the fault of Joe Biden, crime going up, nothing to do with Chesapeake, nothing to do with the district attorney who doesn't prosecute criminals. So the idea that crime is up, it has nothing to do with the district attorney and he's not the only one. We have George Gascon in L.A. It has nothing to do with a district attorney who doesn't prosecute crime, who lets criminals get off easy with either a slap on the wrist, nothing at all, a very short sentence. So people think, you know, remember, the, you know, the term, the, the, the old term, and you, you've heard this a lot, especially when you were younger, that crime doesn't pay. Crime doesn't pay. Well, with Chesapeake and other district attorneys like George Gascon, crime, crime does pay. It pays. It pays. It pays to go into Walgreens and steal $950 worth of products every day and either use them or sell most of them and make money off it. And you can do that every day. This could be your job. This could be your five day a week. If you want overtime, you can do it six or seven days a week. You can steal $950 worth of items, sell them on the black market and make a living off of it. And what's the worst that's going to happen? 
you'll get arrested, you'll spend the night in jail, and you'll be out, and you can do it again. So it's worth it. It's worth spending a night in jail here and there if you can make a good living off of ripping off Walgreens and CVSs and Rite Aids and Dwayne Reeds. It's worth it. So crime does pay. Under Chesa Budin and George Gascon and DAs like this that we have here in L.A., in New York, Chicago, crime pays. So forget about the old adage, crime doesn't pay, because it does pay. We have to make crime not pay again. The only way to make crime not pay is by having district attorneys who actually prosecute criminals. Did you see the story? Did you see the story about the, about the, the uh, it was, it's a horrible video. I'm sure you've seen it. Where the, that teenager, that 16 year old teenager drove his car right into that woman and her child, obviously with the intent of killing them. You don't drive a car into a woman and a child in a carriage unless you intend to kill both of them. Luckily, neither of them died. But because neither of them died, George Gascon gave the kid five months in juvie. Five months in juvie at 16. So what kind of a punishment is that? What kind of a punishment that you, before you're 17, you're out after you just tried to kill a mother and her child? And they think this is – George Gascon thinks this is the proper sentence. He thinks this is the proper sentence for someone who tried to kill a woman and her child. And then they wonder why they're being recalled. They wonder why people hate them. They wonder why people want to get rid of them. So when criminals see this, think of, a, think of someone who's going to commit a crime and he sees something like that. This kid tries to kill a woman and her child and gets off with five months in juvie. Well, they say, gee. Imagine what I can get off with if I just go in and steal a few thousand dollars worth of merchandise. Imagine what I can get away with if I just like, you know, threaten someone with a gun, but don't actually shoot them. I can get away with a lot if this kid tried to actually tried to kill a woman and ran into a woman and her child and got five months in juvie. This is the problem. This is the problem. It's not only these sentences, it's that these DAs think they think this is okay. They think this is actual justice. They think this is actual law, that this is the proper application of law. It's, it, it's, it's ingrained in their DNA. It's ingrained in their far less extremist DNA. That's the problem. So there is no teaching them the right way. There is no hoping they do the right thing because this is what they want. They believe in crime. They believe criminals deserve a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. And if on the sixth chance they happen to kill a family, well, <laughs> what can you do? We tried our best, right? Can't rehabilitate them all. So this is what they so They have to go. They just have to go. Okay? And this starts with Chesabudin today. Today. In San Francisco. Look, this is no small thing here. This is a far left city that will hopefully get his ass kicked today. Because why? Well, let's see why. Let's see. Why would he lose here? Well, because the crime is now in the white liberal areas. It's now in the wealthy, lily white ass liberal areas. And once crime got into those areas. Then they said, oh, we can't take this anymore. No, this guy's not good. Let's try another one. When it was just in the uh, minority areas, it was fine. 
those of you who have been here know of the Tenderloin, which is one of the actual few minority areas here in San Francisco, because in this uh, extreme liberal open acceptance of everyone bastion of liberalism, uh, African Americans make up less than 3% of the population. Uh, let me give you a uh, comparison. I was in Omaha, Nebraska last year for the first time to visit, actually, my old boss in radio in New York, who now lives in Omaha. And uh, first of all, I said, how the hell can you go from New York to Omaha? How do you go from New York to Omaha? I could never do that. And I go to Omaha, and I go, oh, I can see why. Incredibly nice, incredibly nice, but seemingly incredibly white, very white bread. However, when I looked at the statistics, I saw that they have about 11% black population. Think about that. Omaha, Nebraska has almost four times the African-American population than San Francisco does. In such a liberal acceptance, open, we love everybody, we want everyone to live around us, no, no discrimination, San Francisco. By the way, Omaha is a really nice place. Really nice place. This is why the typical, you know, coasters, the coastal elites say they poo-poo, they shit on these places they've never been to. But then when you go, this is why you should actually, like, go and see what they're like. And you go, wow, this is this is pretty nice. I could, I could absolutely live here. I could absolutely live here. So, um, but I'm sure they have a DA that actually prosecutes crime also, you see. These places run by Republicans have district attorneys who actually prosecute crime and make their cities more livable for the people who live there and pay rent there and pay taxes there. That's the point. You pay taxes. You pay rent. And where you pay the most taxes and the highest rent is the biggest shithole. The biggest crime-ridden shitholes. Why? Because it's run by Democrats. Come on, people. That's the common denominator, whether you like it or not. It's run by Democrats. That's the point. That is the point. We need DAs who prosecute. It's so simple. There's nothing special about this. This is why this guy, Chesley, came from a defense attorney background. Defense attorneys shouldn't become DAs. Do you know why he became a DA? To do exactly what he's doing now. To make the actual criminals get off. You see, his whole thing, his whole popularity, I remember this. It was just two and a half years ago when he was running. His whole popularity was, I'm going to prosecute, you know, those like white collar crimes i'm going to prosecute like the like the um corrupt uh, politicians and the corrupt businessmen and the corrupt ceos and the liberals got all excited about that they go oh you're gonna you're gonna prosecute those people who usually get off yeah i'm gonna prosecute those people but what they didn't understand was that he said he was gonna prosecute those people but he ended up not prosecuting anybody anybody he didn't say i wasn't gonna prosecute People who shoot other people, people who rob thousands of dollars every day at merchandise. He didn't say that because he wouldn't have won even here if he had said that. But that's how he won. He won appealing to like the this liberal idea that these people who are wealthy, all right, who work for their money are all criminals. Now, some of them are. And some of them do get off because they have money. But some of them are also prosecuted because they have money. So he appealed to this. He appealed to this reflex, this far left reflex of yeah, yeah, go after the, go after the 
the fat cat. So that's why he ran. That's his reasoning why he ran. But I don't think that's the problem. He's, he's a defense attorney at heart, though. When you talk about a prosecutor, you need a, someone who's been prosecutorial his whole life. It's his DNA to prosecute criminals, not to let, not to let criminals, criminals go up because you think they come from uh, uh, poor backgrounds and don't know any better or deserve 17 chances because they come from poverty, supposedly. This is the problem. This is the mindset. The wealthy people deserve to be prosecuted. The white-collar people who don't really hurt anybody, don't kill anybody, deserve to be prosecuted. But these other people deserve mercy because of their background, in quotes. So that's, that's the problem. And this is where we get with that mindset. We get a soft on crime district attorney. You see this with George Gascon. And once again, these are the two popular names right now. But you have the, the guy in uh, New York, you know, in, in Chicago, in all these major cities run by Democrats, Seattle, Portland, have the same problem. You have DAs with the same mindset. The same mindset. And it gets worse and worse here. Now, will they learn their lesson? Well, hopefully the right thing happens today. Oh, I doubt it very much. Because what the left here will say is, their excuse will be, oh, it's just this one guy. You know, like with the school board. Oh, it's just, it was just those three musketeers. All the others are great. No, no, they all have the exact same mindset. And it's what allows crime to be, even before the last few years. I mean, crime is worse now than ever before. But even before that, crime was incredibly high in cities run by Democrats. Because it's always been this way. It's just got to this fever pitch now where people, cr criminals find to get wise to it and say, oh, you know what? There's no consequence anymore. There's, there's no consequence to my actions anymore. And so that's the, that's the problem. Once again, I want to remind you that uh, you can call in if you'd like. Um, and if you want to call in or if you want to send, I think you can also send messages if you don't want to call in, if you're shy. Um, and if you want to talk about uh, Chesa Budin or talk about crime or uh, talk about the, uh, the, um, the, the masks, more masks. We got masks, back to masks. We're going back. Now the, now the CDC, if I may transition, uh, the so trustworthy CDC has said that monkeypox is now level two. Level two, because 30 people in the, out of 330 million people in the country. This is, this is the CDC. By the way, there are like 500 people in the entire world, 8 billion people that have monkeypox. I want you, let's go through those numbers again. 500 out of 8 billion around the world and about 30 out of 330 million here. Those are confirmed monkeypox cases. And these schmucks put it to level two. Now, I want to ask... Maybe someone out there knows. I believe about 20 years ago, in 2003 or something, we had like a 70 people over the course of the of the monkeypox season, whatever that may be, that had, that had positive. So there were about, seven, so about 40 more than now. Yet I wonder if the CDC 20 years ago did this level two bullshit, or if that's just a thing to do now. You know they got you by the you-know-where, that they like to jerk you around by the you-know-where, that they're, that they're doing this crap. Did the CDC ever do this before COVID? Go to level two when there are maybe 30 cases out of 330 million people? And why did they go to level two? Well, with level two comes the requirement to or the recommendation, whatever that may be, to wear masks.
Of course, they want you to wear. Look, this, this is this is how idiotic the CDC and Rochelle Walensky is. They want you to wear masks for something that's not airborne. That's something you need intimate contact. In fact, they say about half the cases are in gay men due to sexual contact, not just gay men walking past each other, but due to sexual contact with like intimacy and, you know, everything that comes along with that. And they want you to wear, so the, are they saying gay men should wear masks during sex? Is that what they said? Gay, why don't they come out and say gay men should wear masks during sex? Let's see what the gay rights people say about that. How idiotic is this? Everything is slap a mask on it with these schmucks. It didn't work for an airborne virus. It's going to work for a non-airborne virus where you need intimate, long-term contact with someone, rubbing skin. What does mask have to do? How does mask protect you from a, from a virus that you get by rubbing skin through intimate contact? This is how idiotic the CDC is. Any doctor worth anything has said masks are absolutely 130% useless with monkeypox. Wear masks, recommendation to wear masks when traveling, they say. When traveling. So what does that mean? That means that they will try to get masks back on airplanes, of course, due to monkeypox. That will be their next excuse. Masks on airplanes due to monkeypox, which is not transmitted through the air and is extremely, extremely, extremely hard to get. Unless everyone on set on planes are fucking these days. The new thing is everyone on planes fucking. There's no reason for people to wear masks with monkeypox. I can't believe we're even talking about this. But yet here we are. Here we are with the absolutely incompetent CDC proving over and over again their incompetence and their love of control over humans. Their love of control over you. That's all they care about is control. And they know they have a schmucky old dipshit in the White House who will do whatever they say, who thinks they know things, who thinks whatever they say should go. That it's like the words from God. Instead of words from schmucks. That the last president knew they were. And hopefully the next president will know they are. But they know they can get away with this now. They would never get away with this if Trump were president or if DeSantis were president. Especially. Especially. You know what DeSantis would do? He'd pull all their funding. That's what he would do. He'd say, shut up or I'm going to pull all your funding and you're not going to exist anymore. And then they would shut up, just like everyone else DeSantis tells to shut up, shuts up. That's what we need. We need strong leadership here. Not an old, decrepit, senile, 80-year-old who will just take the word of any schmuck who says they know things. I'm talking about Biden, by the way, in case you didn't know. I'm sure you knew. Hopefully when I come on tomorrow, it'll be a happier show because we'll be talking about it. It'll be such a blowout. And the polls are showing it could be. I don't like to count my eggs there before they hatch. But I hear polls are saying it could be a 60-40 thing, maybe 65-35, at worst 55-45.
So either way, it should be a landslide. It should be easy. Hopefully, it won't be something where by the time the show comes on tomorrow, we don't know yet, and we have to wait for this and that and the other thing. Hopefully not. I mean, once again, we're only a city of about 600,000 people now at the most, and only 20% of the ballots were turned in. You know, if 20% more people vote on election day, that will only be like 40%. So I think I think we should know pretty soon. Now, getting to the idea, some people are nervous because uh, because of the uh, low turnout. Well, I think that's a good thing in this election. I wouldn't say it's a good thing in the midterms, but it's a good thing. In, it's a good thing in this election because these special. First of all, maybe just maybe people here in San Francisco are tired of elections every six damn weeks. You see, I'm telling you, it seems like every six weeks there's another election here. Many people are just tired of voting. That's that's also a possibility, and I wouldn't blame them at this point. With all these elections and all these offices, we seem to be voting for six times, but. In this case, look, I think with a special election that really has to do with the recall, the sexiest thing about this election today is the recall. I think it's it's mainly the people who really, really want the person out who are going to come vote. I think those that's the that's the strongest voting block. I think there are a lot of lefties in this city who don't want to vote against the guy who just won't vote at all. They don't want to vote for him. They don't want to vote against him. They're just going to stay home. And I think it's only the the, the most the, the, the strongest and most ardent anti chesabud and yes on age people who are going to vote. So I, I'm not that upset with a low turnout. I, I don't think it's unexpected. And um, it doesn't really bother me. I think it's okay. In this case, I think it's okay. I, you know, I always want to get as much, I like to get 100% turnout every election. But the combination of their elections every damn two months and and the fact that it's really... A, a special election, a special thing where a, a city, a far left city is asked to throw out a far left DA, where it's just going to be the people who really want him out. And many people are just going to stay home. So I think that that accounts for the, the low turnout so far and probably low turnout uh, today also on Election Day. But um, tell you the truth, I think you'll feel better if you go out and vote yes on H. I really do. I think you'll live better knowing that maybe you're saving a life. Maybe you're saving a life, not a week from now or a month from now, but maybe a year from now. Maybe someone who would have died if Chester Putin had stayed as district attorney lives because you voted yes on H. Because you voted yes on H. So I, I think I think it's smart to go out there and vote just just for your conscience, just to know you were a part. You could say you were part of saving lives. And I believe you will be. Because this should send a message. This should send a message to the Democrat left elites that we're not going to take this anymore. We're not going to take this anymore. And maybe one day, it may not be in my lifetime, it may not be in your lifetime, but maybe one day, one day, there'll be a Republican who wins here for mayor. Or a Republican who wins here for supervisor. Or a Republican who wins in this state for governor or senator. Governor again. It's happened obviously in the past, but it's been a while. So it's really time to serve notice to the Democrat Party that we're not going to take this anymore. That we're not going to take our cities being crime-ridden. We're not going to take it. We're not going to take being told to mask every other month. We're not going to be we're not going to take this. We're not going to take being told we can't open our stores. We can't send our kids to school. We have to send our kids to school muzzled. We have to do this. We have to do that. We have to do whatever you say we have to do. 
and deal with the high crime and the high rent and the high everything and the high gas. Enough is enough. We're tired of it. We're tired of it. And if it makes making liberals conservatives, so be it. Like myself. If it takes an epiphany for people, so be it. You don't, you don't need to be married to liberalism. You don't need to be married to Democrats. You don't need to be married to the left. You should be married to peace and tranquility and a good quality of life. There is no quality of life here anymore. There isn't. There's no quality of life here in San Francisco anymore. There's no quality of life where you are if you're in New York City or if you're in Portland, if you're in Seattle or if you're in Los Angeles or if you're in Chicago, God forbid. Sorry. And what's the shame is that these were great cities, San Francisco and Chicago. Let me tell you, let me get a little personal in the last five minutes of this show. San Francisco and Chicago were two of my favorite cities in this country up until about, well, about a decade ago. San Francisco and Chicago are my two favorite cities in this country. San Francisco for the great you know, topography, the views, the, the, the weather where it's never very cold, it's never very hot, the hate, heat, the hate humidity, and, you know, the, the, the food in Chicago. I mean, you know, the nightlife was great in Chicago. Sure, they have severe winters and summers like New York, but the nightlife was good. It had this a big city yet small town Midwestern feel to it. I loved Chicago, too. And look at how it's been ruined. I hate Chicago pizza, by the way, though. One day, when you people decide to finally call in and not be afraid to talk to me, um, uh, look, I expect a lot on my second show on this network, you know, high hopes. But we'll talk about pizza, because if you want to talk about pizza for a half hour or an hour, I can do that. I hate Chicago pizza. I hate deep dish pizza is disgusting. It shouldn't be a a huge, fattening meal that makes you feel like you've eaten a, a bowling ball. I mean, New York... Slice kind of guy, thin slice pizza. But anyway, I digress. Other than the deep dish crap pizza in Chicago, people said Pizzeria Uno. Yeah, um, it was a great city, but it's all been ruined. It's all been ruined by Democrats. It's all been ruined by the extreme left. I mean, these, these cities have always been run by Democrats, but the party's gone such to the extreme, such to the extreme of virtue signaling and wokeness. And allowing crime. Crime is okay. Crime is okay as long as you're woke and you have your virtue signal and you wear your masks and you wear your Ukrainian flag pins. I mean, it's gone to insanity here. It's insane. Look, look, look. One of the reasons why I started this podcast six months ago. And by the way, if you go on, if, if you're a call-in person, if you go on, uh, you know, Google or Apple or, or Spotify and put in and let's be heard, you can hear all of my podcasts, all 135 of them from the past six months. But the reason why I started this was simply to talk about these issues that are on my mind and, and vent, because living in this city, living in San Francisco can make you go insane these days. It really can. A lot of people are. Mental health. You know, I, I know someone who's looking to start therapy. They're an older person. They're looking for the first time in their life to start therapy, and they can't find anybody because they're all taken. They're all booked, baby. I should have become a, ther- a psychiatrist, a psychologist. They're, they're booked. They're making tons of cash because people in this city are, like, going nuts. They can't take it here anymore. A lot of them just can't leave, so they have to vent to somebody. 
And it's all because of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I can say, I'll, I'll do, you know, that's cliche, the party didn't leave. I didn't leave the party, the party left me. Okay, I guess I could say that. And I guess I can say that about a lot of people I know who used to be Democrats. They didn't leave the party, the party left them. Because they've gone such to the extreme, and they could not, and they cannot, and they will not course correct, which is the biggest issue. Not only won't they course correct, but they keep getting worse and worse. They keep doubling and tripling down. They keep doubling and tripling down, as I've said, even when their own media outlets admit lockdowns were harmful and masks didn't work and vaccine passports had no effect on, on, on the virus. All these things, and the virus is still with us. Even after their own outlets, media outlets have admitted this, they won't admit it and they double and triple down like they just did in Oakland and Alameda County, like they want to do on, like this administration wants to do on airplanes again, like the CDC wants to do with monkeypox now. They won't stop until we stop them. We're going to have to forcibly stop them. That's all there is to it. Case closed. It is what it is. I know that's a mafia slogan, it is what it is. Well, maybe a mafia slogan works here. It is what it is. They must be stopped. And I'm one who will always be on this show, five days a week, doing what I can to stop them. Doing what I can to alert you to what's going on. We have to stay awake, not woke, but awake. And on this show, we will always be awake. Speaking of that, it's the end of the show. You've been listening to And Let's Be Heard. I'm Mike Cachopoli. And remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.